0: girl got prince eric without speaking like she literally showed up the shore and she was like this is me i have no voice miss ursula took it and i'm still gonna get my man how did that happen
1: But we're not just spilling the tea, we're swimming in it. I'm Spencer Weary. And I'm Wilbur Santiago. You can call me Wilbur if you're nasty. And I'm disgusting. You sure are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Wilbur, we're doing this. Can you believe we're officially women? Like, I cannot believe that. No, I can't believe it either. You could call us
0: business fish
1: oh the puns have already started mama (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just feels surreal because we have been trying to get this podcast going for the past few months we've just hit bumps in the road along the way but we are finally here. yes we'll get into the bumps later but i'm so happy that we're finally sitting down and doing it yes we're finally sitting down we're finally doing it and you know while we're here i think we should probably just kind of talk about ourselves so tell me a little about you willow
0: hi everyone this is wilbert but you can call me willow if you'd like i use they them pronouns and i am a 22 year old i guess makeup artist like makeup content creator girl um i think that's essentially who i am i'm born and raised in puerto rico so i've been living in the united states for about five years now um i have tons of friends and family in the island um essentially that's What I do, some of my hobbies are taking pictures of my makeup looks and doing editorial looks. I love mixing a little fashion, a little makeup.
1: And I just have to say that if you are ever looking for creative inspiration, you need to go onto Wilbert's social media, specifically their Instagram, because... I am always just constantly blown away by the content that they are providing and the content that they are creating. Wilbur, I like to say, is my muse. So
0: Mm, I'm crying.
1: (laughs) I am constantly inspired by Willow's work. So definitely give them a follow on socials. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Spencer, I think it's your turn to talk about moi. Yeah, and you love doing that, darling, so go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, my name is Spencer. You can call me Spencer. Um... (laughs) I am a makeup artist, and I have been a makeup artist for the past nine years. I honestly can't really imagine myself doing anything else. Um... Let's see. I am from Connecticut, but currently reside in Massachusetts with my fiance. Mm. We are getting Mm. married in September. And fun fact about me is I'm an Aries. So if that means anything to you, there you go
0: wait i forgot to say i'm a libra but what while, while spencer was talking he was saying makeup artist i'm like are you kidding me spencer is the makeup artist i'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast you're probably either mutuals of him or you've seen him in social media because she's a very popular gal <laughs> um
1: but <laughs> spencer is the makeup artist um yeah that's incredibly like, sweet the best you. thank you willow that's incredibly sweet of you to say I um, know,
0: I'm the sweetest. Anyway, okay. <laughs>
1: um, while we're here, let's also talk about maybe, how did we meet? I think it's going to be interesting to hear your side of the story with this because obviously, you know, there's two sides to every story and I'm sure that we have a very similar memory of how this went down. But I just am really interested to hear how you remember us meeting.
0: Yeah, so makeup is what brought us kind of together, beauty. So I, when I um, started college, I started working beauty retail and essentially I found a job um, where I get to do what I like, but also it's retail, so it's really flexible and whatnot. And I started working at this place that I'm currently employed at. Spencer is no longer employed at that place anymore. But I know I'm emotionally wrecked, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. Um, um Essentially, I found out that we were going to get another queer person in the department. And I was scared the house down boots. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, what am I going to do? This could go really badly or it could go really well. I don't know. I'm born and raised in an island. So essentially a lot of my queer friendships are either social media or the people that grew up with me. There's not really a lot of new queer people that were around me at the moment. So essentially, yeah, Spencer... Walked into my workplace and we met. And at the beginning, I was a little guarded and I was a little bit of a bitch. But I I just—I came in like a tornado. Yes, like a wrecking ball. I just said hi. (laughs) It was very guarded at the
1: beginning. I just don't remember much of our first like conversation. It Uh, was very short and sweet. Like I would say that is how you would describe mine and Wilbert's relationship for the first few months of us working together really was just short and sweet because like Wilbert said, we worked together in a retail establishment, but the way that we worked is that Wilbert was on one side of the department and it's quite a large department and I was on the other side. So our interactions, you know, they didn't happen often. Um, And so when I first met Willow, I was shadowing somebody, one of our best friends actually, who, might be listening to this right now so shout out to danielle (laughs) hi (laughs) we were i was shadowing her and willow came over and was basically pretending like i wasn't there and was talking to danielle a little bit and then danielle introduced me to willow and wilbert said hi nice to meet you i'm wilbert how are you liking it so far and i said it's good and wilbert went good
0: and then just not this snatch game impression of my voice. <laughs>
1: nice to meet you.
0: It's the th- the thing about it is that I was very nervous. Like
1: this well, is like, it, yeah. I I'm with you there. Like you, it's one. You know, I was I was walking into a new job, so that was nerve wracking. But two, it is nerve wracking when I don't know about everybody else. At least for me, though, I it is nerve wracking to be working with or meet new. Queer people. Um, Yes. Because for me growing up, like it it feels like I've always been pitted against other queer people in the room, specifically, specifically, you know, gay men. And it's very difficult sometimes to almost navigate in your mind, like, how is this relationship going to go? Because it's almost like we are told that we either hate each other, we fuck each other, Or Mm -hmm. we ignore each other. I mean, you know, there's. I was never used to having strong queer friendships. Not to say that they don't exist. Obviously, they do. And I feel like we're seeing a lot more of that now. But in our community, I don't feel like there's a lot of uplifting of one another. Mm -hmm. And so it was definitely an intimidating thing to walk into what felt like, you know, Wilbert's space. And, you know, kind of take over a little bit
0: yeah and a little bit more. like when i first started i was i used to work for this brand that spencer used to work at and i remember my boss telling me like oh my god i didn't know spencer worked here like he's one of the best artists i've seen and of course like i was like oh my god like usually when you do some like i, I don't know if this is like normal for a lot of people but there is a lot of hatefulness in communities that do the same thing as you do like If you meet someone that's queer and that they do makeup too, it's, like, almost like a full competition. So I didn't really have the competition mindset, but I was almost guarded of, like, what could really
1: happen. But Like, this could go any kind of way.
0: Yeah, but everything kind of changed when we, like, had a conversation. We were closing together and we were having a conversation. And I kind of felt like that was... First of all, in that conversation, we realized there's a lot of things that we do like. Yeah. um, And we're really alike in some things. But we also realized that we talked about it. We were like, we are queer people. Like, we should have each other's back. And essentially, that was it.
1: Yeah, I think it was that moment. We were closing together one night. And there was a moment that we just had where we were having a conversation. And it just felt like we clicked instantly. And I have so many great friends in my life and I have very few best friends and I consider Wilbert one of my very best friends because I think Wilbert and I just connect in a way that at least I have never connected with someone before. I think, you know, and Wilbert and I have talked many times that queer friendships I think are so important. Uh, Yes. And especially after really finding each other in our friendship and growing in our friendship, they are so important because from that conversation on, I felt like I had somebody who will always have my back in this department or in this environment, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because... And it, um, go ahead, Sorgan. No, it was just going to say because, you know, there's someone that is, that knows what this feels like.
0: Yes, that, that's what I was going to add. I was like, it almost felt like we understood each other without even having to explain anything. It was just like said with no words. It was really really interesting to see.
1: I never thought we were going to have a conversation
0: like that and and be where we are right now. No,
1: but with that being said, our friendship did come with a few I don't want to call them challenges, but you know, in the workplace they were because you know, then all of a sudden you go from not really talking much to then talking a lot more. And all of a sudden people are now sexualizing your friendship Yeah, or they are uh, making your friendship out to be something that it isn't, or they're trying to put, pit you two against each other. They're trying, they're trying to, you know, like if I, if Wilbur and I both came in with glam on, for example, we would have a coworker say, who did it better? You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I go into any mindset or any environment think with that mindset. I can't do that. And yeah, so Wilbert and I had many discussions where we were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And then once mm-hmm. we were both on the same level, we were fine.
0: Yeah. I think that like a really important thing to say about this is that if you're, st- I feel like queer people understand, but if you're straight and you're listening, um, don't do that. <laughs> people, like don't fucking do that. Like not everyone wants to fuck each other. Not everyone has to compete. Like let people just have friendships and let people just like, love each other and let them create together. Like that's essentially what we do.
1: It's a tale as all this time. I have a gay friend. Do you, I think you two would be great for each other just because they're gay.
0: Yeah. Ew. Like don't do that. It's don't like, do that. So we're 2022 20, girly. Like it's not, eh. in. Like, it's not, I the do know. It's just such an, such an ick, but,
1: but speaking of the tea, what is the tea is under <laughs> the tea, our brand new podcast. And, Under the T actually was not the first name or iteration of this podcast. So originally, if you have been around since the early development of our podcast, our podcast was called Bratty Boys, which we still love and adore, but there were a few reasons why we decided to change the name and theming of this podcast. Willow, do you want to kind of get into that?
0: Yes. Um... Essentially, we were like, okay, we love brats. We are icons, so let just, me just like call <laughs> ourselves bratty boys and do it. And I actually have to add that isn't it so iconic that we're
1: changing names without even recording? It's like, we are just <laughs> so fucking annoying. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> there's nothing more on brand for who we are as people than changing something that hasn't even, like, come to fruition yet. Yes, yes. Like we were fully set on bratty boys. We were ready to go. And last minute we were like, "Mm, actually, and something that's important to say is, you know, bratty boys also was something that was important to us because I mean, brats were inclusive. They are glam. We felt like they do kind of encompass who we are, but as you'll soon come to find out, this podcast and this theming just means a little bit more to us and it hits a little mm-hmm. bit more home.
0: Yeah. so essentially we decided to go with under the tea and that um, comes from Mer people. Um, we had a conversation and we were like, wait, oh my God, we are obsessed with mer people. Like Spencer is obsessed in his own ways. I'm obsessed in my own ways. So we were like, why don't we just talk? why don't we just have it as a theme? Like essentially we just both are obsessed with merpeople. So I think Spencer can a little bit more about that than I can, but essentially we were like merpeople sounds way better than like my dream. As every crew person, if you're listening, you know that you want to be a fucking mermaid. Like you want (laughs) to have that tail. You want to look sickening under the water. So we were like, let's just do that because that's essentially been our dream forever. Well,
1: and I think we just came one day we were we were on a on a phone call talking about the podcast and then we got on a tangent about mermaid movies and mermaids in pop culture and this became like a 45 minute conversation and at the end of the conversation yes. we were like this is going to sound crazy but like just imagine if like we changed the theme of the podcast and Lilbert was yeah. like just throwing it out there like we're not going to do it but we're just thinking about it. Yeah, Wilbert was like, "Should we?" and I was like, "I oh, don't know, like we've already put so much into <laughs> bratty Boys." And then here we are. So we did that. Yeah. And I do have to say that our artwork for the podcast, we are so obsessed with. I love it so very much. It's done by not so bad art uh, on Instagram you definitely need to give him a follow that is n-o-t-s-o-b-a-d-a-a-r-t so we love it so much but under the t the name it, <laughs> while it came very quickly to us we thought it was so clever we were trying to kind of like get people's opinions so we asked our coworker christina christina <laughs> what do you think of the name under the t thinking that of course, you know, everyone's going to get this. It's, it's, a, it's a take on Under the Sea. And she goes, yeah, Under the Tea, that's funny. Like, and you can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm cupping my hand <laughs> because that's what she did. She cupped her hand and she goes like, tea bagging. <laughs> and Wilbur and I just like burst out laughing because we were both shocked. We were like, Christina, no. <laughs> that, is, that is not what we mean.
0: Chris, no, it's not under the tea for tea bagging. It's under the tea f- a, a play of words and under the sea. <laughs> yes. Um so essentially we will be sitting down here talking tea, but it's under the tea. It's just a nice, really funny um, yeah. name.
1: Well, and that also kind of leads me into what this podcast is going to be about. So ultimately, if you're listening the end of the day, this podcast is really just a nice kind of way for Wilbur and I to chit chat and for people to listen if they want to. But we're going to be talking about pop culture, queer culture, the world right now, everything really just from a queer perspective. We're going to be talking about a whole lot and also a whole lot about nothing. Yeah. So it's just, it's the perfect platform for us to do that
0: and although this isn't really a mermaid um podcast we will be talking it's our theme so um expect some little surprises about it but for today's episode we not only wanted to introduce ourselves but we wanted to talk a little bit about mer people which is essentially like our obsession um mm-hmm. i remember growing i don't know about you but i remember growing up and like I don't know why my parents didn't know I was gay because this shit was fucking, I would literally like swim underwater like a mermaid. I would want to get a tail. I would want, I've always wanted to do it. I was talking to my mom the other day and I was like, mom, I don't know why you like I didn't get that damn tail, but I've always, ever since I was little, um, I've wanted to be a mer person. It's, I it's guess. like
1: those, it's like those TikToks of, of everyone coming up out of the pool and saying, do you want to play mermaids?
0: yes that's essentially it that was my childhood the the thing about it is that I didn't really have people to do it with me so uh, (laughs) I guess we'll have to do that later
1: I know well I guess we're just gonna have to go jump in the ocean and do our thing
0: get deep into the water into our discussion today we're talking about merpeople. people we're talking about our third f- favorite mermaid moments and spencer i know that you have a little obsession and I've, since i've known you i've known this like this about you so talk to the little fishes about what your obsession is
1: well a little obsession might be underplaying it <laughs> a little bit yeah like yeah. wilbert said the moment you meet me, you kind of find out that the Little Mermaid is quite a big part of my life. Um, it is such an important movie for me, specifically for so many reasons. I would definitely say the movie that has uh, that influenced me mostly when I was a child, but still carries on to me as an adult. I know that there's a lot of hate for, you know, Disney adults online, but you know what? Like, I will never be apologetic for the things that I love or the things that make me happy, and I can't even express to you the amount of joy that that movie brings me. And I just think that there are so many reasons, like, why it affected me as a child, and looking back at it now from the perspective that I have now, I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense as to why it had so much impact. And still does. But I also know that you have a very special mermaid movie that means a lot to you.
0: For me, since I was an island, I was still an island girl. I really wasn't really exposed to, and we'll realize this throughout our whole like, podcasting is that i wasn't really exposed to a lot of pop american pop culture like it wasn't really part of my everyday. but growing up after we started getting more internet and stuff i was introduced to aquamarine aquamarine for me is just it like aquamarine is that girl um i love and we can talk a little bit about the details of of the, of the movie. But essentially. I love a little bit more of the vibe. Of the aesthetic of Aquamarine. It is a beautiful story. And if you don't know a little bit about Aquamarine. It's essentially like two girls. They're teenagers. They're best friends. They're living together. And then a storm. Um, brings this mermaid into their pool. And essentially the mermaid. Is running away from her father. And she wants to find love because her father is having her marry this I don't know weird mer- merman or whatever. And uh, essentially yeah. what they do is they, they have to they have to find love and but, and she's going to give them a wish, right? Is, is she yeah. yeah. Well,
1: that's what I always found really interesting about Aquamarine is one, I remember growing up I was so excited when I saw the commercials for it because there weren't really live action high budget mermaid movies. Yes. You know, I mean there are yes. there are definitely a decent amount looking back, you know, throughout history, but there aren't that many. And mermaids I think are so loved and so when it came out I was like, "Oh my god." I was also obsessed with JoJo, so the fact that she was in that movie made me really excited. Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting that they decided to kind of make the mermaid almost like a genie where she can grant wishes if you help her.
0: And it's so crazy how in 2006 we're getting this sexy as, like, mermaid play by um, Sarah Paxton, which is incredible. She does a really good job at, like, just being almost human a fish out not of water, really yeah essentially like she's incredible i remember wanting to paint my nails and be like is are they gonna change with my mood now <laughs> <laughs> like aquamarine was so such a good movie i still love it um i feel like 2000 movies are just incredible and aquamarine is like yeah. one of them well when you and, watch
1: it when you watch like an early 2000s movie you know what you're getting yourself into Absolutely.
0: But yeah, that's why I love Aquamarine. But I want to hear a little bit more about how Little Mermaid came into your life because I know you're obsessed with it. Do you remember when was the first time you watched it or like the first time
1: it was introduced to you? I do not remember the first time I watched it because I think I was just so young that I don't remember. But I do remember wearing out the VHS of it so many times uh, that we had to continually buy copies of it. Yeah. And... Ariel was just my girl. I remember Mm -hmm. I had this really uh, torn up Ariel beanbag doll that I brought everywhere with me until one day she mysteriously disappeared and I cried my eyes out so much. But the, the, but the, 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 the movie in general, I was so fascinated. I think as a kid, I loved it because it was colorful. It was bright. The songs were everything. I mean, but... Looking back, I'm like, huh, I had daddy issues. Major. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, ultimately, The Little Mermaid is a uh, father-child m- movie. And that's really the lesson to take away at the end, one of them. And looking back, Ariel just wants the approval of her father. Mm-hmm. And she, she just wants her father to accept who she thinks she is and love her obsession with the human world. And her father simply won't uh, until he sees with his own eyes how much it means to her. So that's kind of my relationship with my father for a long time. Uh, I love my father to pieces, but for a long time, he had a hard time with who I am as a person and accepting me. And now, I mean, it took, it took a lot, but now, you know, I think it took my dad kind of seeing the, what the negative impact that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of parenting had Yeah. for him to be like, I see now. And accept me for who I
0: am. Yeah, which is very interesting because it almost makes a really like reflection of queerness and how essentially these mermaids are hiding this part of themselves to the world and it's even though it's something very fabulous and something that's a very like um really beautiful to see and look at it's almost something that they're hiding and something that usually like i remember um another thing that we wash i wash at least i washed growing up was h2o and these girls were scared of like going to the um, pool or like um showering in front of people because they will be exposed even so,
1: condensation. <laughs> yes!
0: That's literally it. Like, essentially, the, we have these, like, great, beautiful people that have this yeah. beautiful thing hidden and then no one can see it because if they're exposed, then they're going to be out in the world.
1: Well, I think that that's, like, really interesting. I, well, more, more people in general, I think, have the queer community, I think specifically the trans community, but the queer yes. community at large, I think, has always... Related to mermaids and merpeople, because in a lot of these stories, they are either trying to hide that part of themselves by not Mm -hmm. revealing who they are. Or in the case of Ariel, for example, she's trying to change who she is to be who she feels she is on the inside. Yeah. And she wants the outside to reflect that. Yes. And... With aquamarine, it's proving to her father that true love exists, Uh, and I think what's kind of refreshing about that story is that she's not really. I don't think she's the one that's really trying to hide the fact that she's a mermaid. I think it's more her, her, the two girls that help her are really trying to you know keep her safe by not hiding that. So I think that that's one of the main reasons why queer the queer community relates and loves mermaids so very much
0: yeah and i love how you said safe because essentially like we see how these two at least these two characters are doing like such rebellious acts of like just disobeying or like getting away or like just leaving from what's stated or what's like already like people are saying or telling you so it's just so interesting how to see how they both stories that have so many like different kind of vibes or like at least different meanings or you know what I mean but they still have that in common like
1: they have that core you know similarity yeah which I love all right well also I think obviously the thing that we love about these amazing mermaid movies is the fantastical element it's it's fantasy it's something that you know Clear I don't want to say mermaids don't exist, but you know, like clearly, you know, we're looking at something that is much Hold more... on,
0: hold on. Before <laughs> you continue, I don't know about you, darling, but I remember watching these YouTube videos about these mermaids. I would watch those videos for years, so we're not gonna say mermaids don't exist because no. that's not proven yet.
1: Um <laughs> They're just not proven really to exist yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, sorry, I keep going, I just,
1: that's just really late (laughs) 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 No, I mean, we love the fantastical elements of it, but ultimately, you know, we're really deep diving here, and I think that it's really interesting, when I specifically look at the fandom for The Little Mermaid, of course there are, you know, cis straight women that love Ariel, and uh, of course, probably cis straight men as well, but I majority of at least the lovers of this film are in the queer community, at least in in the circles that I am a part of or that I see. Yes, which I find extremely interesting, and I it's you know we can't really talk about the Little Mermaid being queer without talking about Ursula, who is directly inspired by arguably the most famous drag queen of all time, Divine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think all Disney villains of that era are very queer coded and yes, uh, you know, the queer and gay mannerisms that they all have. And it's interesting how it's always the villain that, that gets those mannerisms and gets those qualities. But you know, Ursula is extremely queer coded and extremely beloved by the queer community and Pat Carroll who voices Ursula and did in such an incredible job at bringing that character to life. And Jody Benson who voices Ariel did, I think one of, in my personal opinion, one of the best, uh, vocal performances of all time.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Poor Unfortunate Girls or Poor <laughs> Unfortunate Queers <laughs> It's one of the best Disney number- numbers out there. I It's funny because I didn't really like watch Little Mermaid while growing up. I did watch it, and if I did watch it, it was definitely in Spanish. I don't remember really watching it in English growing up, but the music is what would stick to me. Um, mainly because I, um, I'm considering myself kind of like a really musical person. Like music is something that I do, really do like, and uh, this movie has excellent numbers. Do you remember um, if this movie? I'm not sure when it came out. I know it came out in 1989, but I don't know if it was one of the first um, move, Disney movies to come out.
1: I think no. no so it, it came out in 1989, but the thing that makes it special is that it started the Disney Renaissance. So for a while, Disney was having a dry spell of success with their films. And when The Little Mermaid came out, it really reignited this love for Disney animated features and musicals specifically. And a large part of The Little Mermaid's success is to Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman being a very, very important queer songwriter um, who I hold dear to my heart, even though I never met him, I very much wish that I had. And if you have the time, I highly recommend watching the documentary Howard, which is on Disney+. Plus. It's incredible. You'll learn a lot about him and why he was so vital to the success of Disney.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's why I ask. Cause I I I know that this movie is one of the first movies that brought so much musical element into it, and I like. There's so many and like Little Mermaid two and all these like sequels that they brought, <laughs> and even though they might be a little dumb or but they're still cute. I like. We've seen Little Mermaid done so many different times, and, and it's about
1: like, to be redone. Yes. you want to talk a little bit about that? Let me tell you, I have never been more <laughs> excited for anything in my life. <laughs> if you want to get me talking, you just start talking about the Little Mermaid live-action remake to be released on May 26th, 2023. I am so excited.
0: How are you? So tell us a little bit about who's playing who, even though we might know who displaying it because it's like we've seen it all through social media but talk a little bit about that because as a person that is a person that likes Little Mermaid, but is not a fan of Little Mermaid. I feel like there's a lot behind the scenes between fans and people that follow um, the mer people community or Little Mermaid at least. Mm-hmm. So I know that you know a lot about it and it's going to be so interesting to hear it and listen to it because I know that there's pictures out there and there's oh, rumors. Yeah. So tell us, tell us.
1: Well, if you're at all somebody who loves Disney movies or loves mermaid movies or The Little Mermaid specifically, this movie is simply set up too well to fail, honestly. Mm -hmm. Rob Marshall is directing it, who directed Chicago, which is, I think, the best musical, like musical to film adaptation I've ever seen. And then, you know, Into the Woods, Mary Poppins Returns, Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, he is really an incredible director but Hallie Bailey will be starring as Ariel and let me just say right now let's get into it I was so excited when they announced this casting choice because as someone who holds this movie so so dear to my heart I couldn't for the life of me when they first announced that they were going to be developing a live action of it, I could not think of anybody that could do Ariel justice because unlike all the other princesses so far that we've seen in live action, there's something very whimsical about Ariel there's something very childlike about Ariel. She mm-hmm. has she's she's she doesn't know anything about the human world. She's supposed to come across extremely likable, extremely curious. She's also supposed to be extremely naive, but it's mm-hmm. her charm that we fall in love with. And there's no one that I could think of at the time that could pull that off. Zendaya was rumored for a while to have had the role, but ultimately it ended up going to Halle Bailey, who could not have been a better choice. She has the voice of an angel, yes. She's relatively unknown in the acting world. Of course, you know, she was ungrownish. But I mean, in the big grand scheme of things, this is going to be her breakout role.
0: yeah, and, and even though it's something sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I do no. want to add that the fact that as someone is seeing this from the outside, um, I was so excited to see a woman of color being um in front of this. Raw and it was very sad to see how much hate she is and got and is still um getting. Um, it's crazy. The, yeah, a lot of people out there in social media are really hateful towards that and it's so crazy
1: how they're. Yeah, it's not. It's not looking pretty, but. I remember when they announced it. Disney, I think, was very uh, specific about when they announced it because I think that they kind of anticipated that there was going to be some backlash. They announced it on July 3rd, 2019, which, of course, is July 4th weekend. And so many people were on vacation that weekend. They were away Mm. that weekend. And so when they announced it, of course, it caused this huge hubbub and, you know, discourse online. But a lot of news outlets weren't covering it right away because everyone was away for the 4th. Yeah. So it was a very interesting time for them to announce it because it's almost like they knew, well, let's drop it now while we're not going to get maybe as much coverage. And then, of course, it blew up into this horrendously hateful hashtag not my aerial, you know, catastrophe. Which
0: is crazy because one of the reasons why I wasn't really, like, attached to the movies is because I didn't really see any people of color in it. So I cannot imagine how, like, these kids are going to see, like, a just such diversity of the casting in it and seeing like this beautiful mermaids have something enchanting about them. And I know like parts of the Caribbean has done it where it's like a little bit scary or um almost haunting, where it has this element of like almost like a looking... siren. Yes, yeah. Um but Little Mermaid specifically, speci- the character of Ariel, it's a character that as you said has a very childish element but also is a very sweet and enchanting personality like she the girl got prince eric without speaking like she literally showed up the shore and she was like this is me i have no voice miss ursula took it and i'm still gonna get my man (laughs) how did that happen
1: it's just the iconery (laughs) the iconery of ariel (laughs) yeah so i can't wait
0: to see how um Hallie does it. I'm so excited that she's going to do it. But yeah. I know that you know a little more about the casting. And it's so exciting to talk about the sisters. Because that's something that I didn't know. If I wasn't your friend, I would have known.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what's going to be really, really amazing about this is that it almost seems like Rob Marshall kind of did colorblind casting with this yeah. movie. Because we have Halle Bailey as Ariel. Then we have Jonah Howard King as Prince Eric we have Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, Dave Diggs as Sebastian, Javier Bardem as King Triton, and then Aquafina as Scuttle, which is really interesting because they're gender bending mm. that role and race bending that role, so I think it's I think it's just going to be such an amazing diverse movie. And then of course Ariel's sisters, she has six sisters, and they are all rumored to be very diverse. Uh, all women of different ethnicities and each sister representing one of the seven seas. So it's definitely going to be different than the animated feature. However, I think that this is the Little Mermaid that we need in 2023. I think that this is the Little Mermaid that kids of today are going to grow up and remember seeing Halle Bailey and Ariel with red locks on screen an Ariel that looks like them. It's so important. And let me just say this right here and right now. And I stand by this. If you do not like the casting of Halle Bailey as Ariel, simply because of her skin color, you were never a fan of the little mermaid.
0: If you would represent a part of either a sea or ocean, mm.
1: which one would you choose? That's interesting. I feel like, to be honest with you, probably like the Atlantic because I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna give this elaborate answer. No, <laughs> I mean, what about you?
0: I would choose carbine. I'm, I don't know. Is that? A, that's just. I know that's just a sea. No, yeah. I would choose Caribbean. I feel like the Caribbean if I would like I would do like Under the Sea and we'll add a little like salsa in it and we'll add a little like um, okay. sweet platano. <laughs> uh, the, the girls will be with the Mofongo, a little voguing But is not part of the Caribbean, but it will still add it because we we will love it. we will love it in there.
1: now back to aquamarine i think after a rewatch, it's actually a little bit emotional for me thinking about our friendship because ultimately Mm -hmm. that movie is about two girls one of whom is moving away and they need this miracle to happen to help them stay together and this mermaid is almost like their way out of this so if they help the mermaid they get a wish and they want to wish that one of them is not going to have to move And at the end, they decide when they get their wish that they're not going to use it yet because they want to save it for a rainy day. And I think that's really beautiful. And when, you know, the growth in that friendship happened in that movie, I was like, oh, my gosh, because I recently had just left the job in which Wilbur and I worked at together. And it was quite an emotional day. And it was an emotional decision for me as well. It was something that took a lot of thinking. And mm-hmm. it was definitely the right move for me to do. But it was difficult for me to think that I was leaving my safe space with my safe person.
0: Mm-hmm. My God, we're about to cry up in here. Ew, um, we will cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, an interesting fact about the movie is that throughout it, you get to see how these two characters Claire. Played by Emma Roberts is a girl that has a lot of background with um her parents and she her has relationship. PTSD. Yeah, he her parents I think drowned. Um, so that's why she's scared of the ocean and she's not um she doesn't really get close to it. And then we have Claire not Claire, sorry, Hailey Haley played by Jojo, who is this a little more outgoing girl, but she has this like fear of leaving. Um, so we see these two girls having the fear of leaving, but I love how Aquamarine comes into place and kind of like almost like to, their guardian angel. Yeah, it, they go through this beautiful journey of like getting the, like getting clothing for her, and that montage is so iconic. Like everything, it, everything that happens in the movie, like bring
1: back this, montages, bring back makeover please. montages
0: makeover montages in 2000 movies are incredible but other than that at the end of the movie you see how these two people are facing their fear in two different ways and it kind of gets you an idea of how like you gotta live life and life is scary and you kind of have to make some moves and. do but some they did it together this. you know they supported
1: yeah. each other through yeah. that yeah and that's kind of us I know it's so us
0: which is so exciting that we're like I know we parted our ways working together, but we're working again together. Look at us. We're well, sitting here. Look at us, here. business fish. We are business fish, having the best time of our lives um, doing this, which is so
1: exciting. How are you feeling about it? I am feeling so good about this. I love you so much, and I love that we get to do this together. Wilbert is, like I said, one of the best people I've ever met in my life, and certainly my muse artistically. So, Uh, I am so grateful to be able to do this with you, and I promise that not every episode is going to be this sappy. This is our first episode, so just bear with us while we kind of figure out how we like to format our episodes, but we are so grateful that you decided to listen to us today and come with us on this journey through our mermaid moments.
0: I am so happy that we get to work together. I love you the most. Um, it's so fun to sit down here and do this, but it's also a little nerve-wracking, But which is why we're going to need each and every single one of you to help us out through the process. So if you have any ideas of what you like us to talk about, if you have a favorite movie that you want to talk about, essentially what we're going to do every episode is just keep together, talk a little bit about everything. We'll talk about Pop culture, queer culture, um, movies, essential- music,
1: new releases, yeah. and anything that you want us to talk about. If you have any questions, if there is someone that you want us to look into, maybe someone that you want us to interview, that would be amazing. And if you would like to contact us with your suggestions, you can follow us and find us on all social medias at it's under the T, I T S U N D E R. T H E T E A. That is, it's under the T. And if you want to email us, that's under the T podcast at gmail.com.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Honor the T podcast. My name is Wilbert Santiago, and you can find me on social media and Instagram at Willotiago. That's W I
1: L O T I A G O. And you can find me on Instagram at Makeup by Spencer and on Twitter at weary spencer
0: see you later fishes